Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 560 on Tuesday, the 9th of January, 2024. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we find we were over six months ahead of most on one story, we'll be talking about the difference between registrations and sales. Again. In new new car news, we ask how do you spell Porsche with an X? And in points of interest, we see if the pass can actually be sniffed at. The Jaycan, yes. <laughs> but first, there are two pieces of follow-up, and I need to apologise deeply and humbly because on the last show before Christmas, I mistakenly said that friend of the show, Alex Grant, had a Citroen Berlingo, or an E-Berlingo, and that was incorrect. He has, of course, the much better-looking Peugeot E-Rifter. I am very sorry for that mistake. Alex, please forgive me. And it has been noted on my annual appraisal. Second bit of follow-up, though. And the news that the Welsh government has announced that from this month, there will be the enforcement of the 20-mile-an-hour blanket speed limit, which came into effect last September, because what they were doing previously was apparently was allowing an initial bedding in period. Sigh. Ugh. They make it clear, there's an article linked in here, which I do recommend you read. It's been made very, very clear that they equate safety with enforcement and compliance. If you are compliant, or you need to be enforced to be compliant, that will equal safety. Oh, so tedious that this is the way. And to be clear to everybody who may not have heard us talk about this subject before, we do not disagree with 20 mile an hour speed limits in areas where there are vulnerable people about at all. Having everyone safe on the roads is not a thing we should be arguing about. However, the language around it all, yes, we should. Totally agree. £34 million, by the way, to implement this. So far. But it's going to be outweighed by the reduced impact on the NHS and emergency services. Okay. Good luck measuring that one. Well, it's interesting because I saw a study that was saying that there hadn't actually been a reduction in incidents between pedestrians, cyclists, and cars in one 20-mile-an-hour area that was studied. There we go, then. Shall we move into new news? Let's. We begin with the new car registrations. Remember, it is registrations that are counted by the, the SMMT, that are registered by the SMMT, because you can, of course, in the UK, register a car without it being sold. Yes. You can also sell a car without registering it. The flip is true, but more often than not, one finds that cars are being registered so that they look good in these numbers, but not necessarily sold. Do remember that. Yes. Some manufacturers have a reputation for pre-registering and then as a result sneaky discounting cars which are slow selling models i think that is a rather fair way of stating that yes there are cheaters out there <laughs> well as it's january though we've got as it's january talking about the december numbers of course by the time we're at this the december numbers we have also cumulatively got the all of the numbers for 2023. So they tend to sort of overtake the December numbers because December's quite a quiet month for people registering new cars, particularly in the private sector. Private sector, however, down 14% year-on-year year in December. 
it now forms 32% of the makeup for the December registrations. Fleet 65.7 and business 24. 2.4. Oh, so pardon me, 2.4. It's worth mentioning that actually, the although it's felt like private registrations or registrations to private individuals have dropped significantly, it feels like it's been mostly in the second half of the year. Yes, the back end. Definitely yeah, the, the back, back end of the year. Really, the percentage change is only down 0.1 of a percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, it's still 43%. 54.7, been a significant uplift there for market share for fleet over the entire year. Business makes up only 2.3% of the market share. Fleet doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, fleet doing all the heavy lifting. That's in the number of registrations, obviously, the market share uh, has changed uh, quite a bit. Private was 50.7% of the market share in 2022, 43% in 2023. So that's where we feel that there's been that, that big drop off as the year's gone on. As ever, battery electric vehicle uh, registrations are up 17.8% and now have a 16.5% market share. There's lots and lots of doom and gloom stories about people not being interested in EVs. They seem to appear everywhere. Doesn't matter which continent you're on, uh, you get that. But then uh, certainly looking at the UK figures, again, for registrations, uh, then that doesn't uh, seem to be the case. There is still strong demand uh, mm. d- demand there. But let's see as we go. But that's over the entirety of the year. Let's see how it goes into 2024, he says, looking at Andrew's grumpy face. There's two things here. One, it is actually just a fraction of a, a point of a percentage down mm. on 2022, which is what we were worried about from very early into 23. Because uh-huh. we were seeing that it was the percentage was not getting anywhere near the twenty two percent for the zero yeah. emission vehicle mandate. Well, this is true. And by the way, that is for the whole industry. That is not for individual car makers. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that as well. Some car makers will do fine. Others are really going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is mentioning the zero emission vehicle mandate. It's December. It kicked in the first of January. I suspect a lot of bevs were held back. January, there will be a big increase Mm. in BEV registrations because that's going to help the year's worth. Yes. This is not something you want to get behind on Mm. as a manufacturer because it's going to be very, very difficult to catch up. Yeah, I agree. That will require you to throttle all your internal combustion engine vehicles to try and catch up, and that will be very hard. Yes. And your new car registrations, by the way, were 1,903,054. That is up a fair step on 2022, but it's nowhere near 2019. Uh, so everybody's going, oh, this is the best for years. Oh, the best years. It's not. It's still not been a great year. And in actual fact, if you look at the graph, then you can see everything dropping into the recession of 2008, then building back up to 2016. Actually, if you continued that bell curve down, then you would end up at 2023. It has the makings of a, a downward trend in much the same way as there was between 2007 and 2011 before starting growth again in 2012. If you look at that, you ignore the three, the 2021-22s, uh, where everything is very low because of COVID and because of supply chain, et cetera, et cetera then this is just meant to be catching up with supply chain, uh, having caught up on supply chain, and it is looking like one of those uh, recession dips again, in fact, 
it might even show a slightly higher number than it should because of the 2022 carryover. Mm. Everybody's going, ooh, 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 look, it's wonderful. Ooh, it's, it's not great, actually. No. It's wonderful compared to the last three years. Compared to 2019, it sucked a bit, to be perfectly frank. Yep. That's something to be very much aware of. Bestsellers for December, and then we'll do the full year. And Alan is only saying bestsellers because that is what SMMT themselves put on the top of their chart. Just to be clear, everybody. Uh, yes. It's at the top of the freaking chart. And I do that most months, but most registered Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. I can only think of a certain number of things at once. And that is one that catches me almost every month. This is the thing that the industry's own mouthpiece doesn't get it right. <laughs> Please retitle the damn table, would you? Uh, okay. Anyway, number 10, Fort Cougar, 2,353. As you can tell, this is going to be a low numbers month. Volkswagen Polo, 2,415. Nissan Duke, Volkswagen Golf, Vauxhall Corsa. Uh, we break into the 3,000s at number five with the Ford Puma, 3,157. The MGHS is a smidgen ahead. The Mini, again, uh, another couple of hundred ahead at 3,608. The top two most registered are number two, the Nissan Qashqai, 4,253. And at number one, after two months of practically nothing, really practically nothing, uh, the Tesla Model Y, 4,816. The last couple of months, Tesla have registered, was about 1,000 vehicles? Yeah, it was down. It's been down. It's been 1,000, 2,000 vehicles in total per month. There must have been a ship in or something. Mm -hmm. I'll run through the full year uh, very quickly. I'll start at number 10, and that's the Vauxhall Mocha. Nine is the Audi A3. Eight is the Nissan Duke. Seven is the Mini. Six is the Hyundai Tucson. Five is the Tesla Model Y. Four is the Kia Sportage. Three is the Vauxhall Corsa. Two is the Nissan Qashqai. And significantly ahead of that, the Ford Puma on 49,591. It's got there through consistency this year. Yep. Ready to doom. Most stuff is up. Yes. I'll quickly run through the dooms, though. Uh, Alpine is down 20%. Bentley is down 51%. To put that in context, uh, 2022, it was 96. 2023, in December, it was 47. <laughs> so, you know, again, remember percentages and actual numbers. Hmm. It can be skewed what it appears. Yes. DS was down at 25%. Fiat down 34%. Genesis is down 56%. Jeep is down 31%. Maserati is down 52%. Mazda is down 19%. Porsche is down at 27%. In 2022, that was 3,055 cars registered. In 23, it was 2,244. Uh, Renault is down 32%, and Tesla, even though the Model Y was quite high in the charts and number one, I think, for December, they were down 62.29% year on year. Just over three and a half times more Porsches registered in December than Fiat's. Ouch. Yeah. The rest is all good news generally. A couple of special mentions. Subaru, 318 vehicles registered, up to 113%. The MG Award for Ridiculous Percentages isn't that crazy this month. It's Dacia from 939 to 3,198 vehicles. That's 240.58%. Everybody else was up. Mm. Apart from Nissan, Nissan down a smidge, Lexus down a smidge. But really rounding errors. Yeah, and it all looks like it was supply to me. It, it does on, on that one. 
one thing worth mentioning, by the way, on the year to date for all the manufacturers, unless you were Stellantis, in which case Stellantis, Bentley, or Smart, then everybody sold more vehicles. With one exception, that was Tesla. Tesla were down 10% in sales. Their actual, and obviously market share as well, but um, they were they were actually down 10% in sales. So I don't know what that tells us in the wider range of things. It might just be that the boats didn't arrive on the usual schedule, which meant they missed some things. Mm. But it just seems kind of weird that everybody else was up and they were they they they're down by by ten percent. Uh, the only other company that companies that were less were like Fiat's the only volume seller. Everyone else sold less than about three thousand cars. Anyone else who was down, not not a big number in the in the scheme of things. Just an observation when I was flicking through stuff. No, I so said that is a good spot actually, um, because of the not as glowing month and a little bit of a trend particularly with private this has caused the smmt the society of motor manufacturers and traders to call for the halving of vat for three years on evs to make them more affordable to private buyers right so it's only halving vat for private buyers because fleets and stuff can already claim back the vat if they lease them and that kind of thing that's one of the reasons why fleet numbers are quite so high yeah, and I'm going to say um, I might get it right this time, and also because of benefit in kind. Yes. Instead of me saying business in kind like I normally do. Yeah, no, you get benefit in kind back uh, uh, is is reduced if you have one as a company car. Mm. And again, and then they lease them, so then the VAT. and So there's loads and loads, so there's loads of cumulative benefits for businesses, which there aren't for private buyers. So, of course, People fall into two different categories on this. There's either, oh, that's good. That will make EVs more affordable to blokey in street. And the other side, which is, why am I subsidizing rich people wanting a new car? Mm-hmm. So there you go. You could decide where you sit or if you sit somewhere in between. But in this world of social media, you're only allowed to sit on one side or the other. You're not allowed to see the gray zone in the middle. No, there is no nuance. No, none <laughs> at all. Right, I'm going to move us on to what is becoming the annual Let's Check How Badly We're Being Screwed Over by the Petrol Retailers article. Almost monthly, even. Yes, yes, almost monthly. He's, he's so happy over the benefit in kind thing that I he know. just got carried away. <laughs> I, can't, I can only get one thing right in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world, yeah. Uh, and this is the RAC uh, bringing out uh, yet another report to tell us how much we're being ripped off this time with the supermarkets. And they're basically showing how the supermarkets are keeping that, the little pause in fuel duty that the Chancellor has given us or is supposed to be passed on to the motorists because what the actual fuel has cost the retailers compared to what they sell it at seems to be about the amount that the government was saying needed to be or could they were holding back from mm-hmm. again. Yes. Still. And again, and nothing happens. It gets pointed out every month and nothing happens. The the Treasury and government don't do anything. The supermarkets don't do anything. And we continue to pay through the nose. Mm-hmm. Such is the way of the world. You'd say 2024 20, uh, is really shaping up to be 2023 again. <laughs> it is. Isn't that something to look forward to? I'm keeping well out of any mention of fuel prices 
uh, given that that's the thing that I had most feedback on from the Lexus uh, GX uh, review we released on Friday. Was the feedback any uh, along the lines of go away, Alan, never talk about that ever again, please? A little bit, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, talking of costs. Well, yes. Oh, goodness me. What a link that was. Yes, JLR have themselves launched Range Rover car insurance. Uh, how do we word this? Over the last little while, Range Rovers and Land Rover products have had a little bit of a, uh, have had a reputation for disappearing from the streets of the country. Not particularly at the owner's permission. Or yes. with the owner's permission. No, no. As a result, it has been quite hard to insure Land Rovers and Range Rovers. They've released their own one because they say that, you know, people, uh, Range Rover owners have been struggling to find, says struggling to find affordable cover. In some cases, they've been struggling to find any kind of cover whatsoever, even if they uh, already have had many blameless years of Range Rover ownership. Mm. Um, with an existing insurance company, all of a sudden the insurance company is saying, uh, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to cover you next year. Yeah. So they're trying to right that wrong by releasing their own solution. Uh, they say that their monthly premiums for Range Rover insurance are averaging less than £200 for the flexible subscription-style car insurance package. We covered previously, and this motoring research story is reminding us again that they that GLR announced a £10 million investment in vehicle security and updates to existing cars. But there's another note in this this story which says that of the 12,200 new Range Rovers that are on the UK roads, only nine have been stolen since January 2022, uh, 0.07% theft rate. Of the 13,400 new Range Rover Sports, only 13 have been stolen, and that's a theft rate of 0.1%. So maybe this is coming from older models, perhaps, which aren't included in those figures. But that actually doesn't seem hugely that doesn't i mean it must be terrible if it is your car but it does seem astonishingly low given the kerfuffle yeah i feel there is a lag and and when we did cover the story about the 10 million pound investment jaguar were talking about this themselves there is a a need to convince the insurance industry that what they have done actually makes a difference Mm -hmm. there must be something in it given that JLR have been doing stuff, or at least been seen to be doing stuff about it actively, and updating older vehicles. Yeah. But the figures given there wouldn't seem to, to bear that out. Yeah. I mean, that still adds up, by the way. They're under £200, around £200. That still adds up to over £2,000 in insurance every year. Mm. Which seems like an awful lot to me, given I've always refused to pay more than 1000 Yeah. Food for thought, anyway. Yes. Well, I think I'll move on to total recall section. And we'll start with the Audi e-tron. Thief! That was my line. (laughs) With the Audi e-tron, it was your line, but it was a very good one, so I did steal it. The Audi e-tron in the US, which 27,000 or nearly 27,000 examples are being recalled that have a battery pack that has been made by LG Energy Solutions and were manufactured before the 11th of March 2022. The problem is there is a potential chance of them having, it's called in the recall detail, thermal overload or fire, as we might call it. And here's the real kicker. There is at this moment no repair available. The claim on the fixed notification is that it will be available in the fall of 2024. Whoa. That's 
nearly 27,000 hire vehicles Audi now have to find and pay for between now and, if they're lucky, October, November. Do they actually have to do that? Well, if, you're, if you are taking the, the car, has to come off the road. Oh, okay. Okay, I just wondered, because it said when it is, Audi will send a software update that can detect issues with the battery and warn drivers. Well, uh, sorry, I would be saying, okay, I'm not allowed to drive my car. Hmm. The, the trouble is you certainly can't sell it. That's one of the things, because it's got an outstanding recall. It makes it very difficult to sell it. You are allowed to sell it. It's just that people go, ooh, I might not buy it. Yeah. There's a little bit of, there is a definite impact on here. Because everybody, you go off and you do, over here, you go off and you do your Carfax on it to find out if it's been serviced and things, because there's not quite the same insistence on full service histories and all that kind of thing. Mm. And the Carfax will say there's no standing recoil on this car because it runs off the VIN number, not the registration plate, because you just keep changing the registration plates on cars and over here. So the VIN number is more important. All right. Yeah. That's going to be a, a tricky little one there. Yeah. And just, just a reminder, that is US only. Um, and there is a link in the show notes to the Consumer Reports article on that one. But they can tell exactly which vehicles it is because, of course, they've got good traceability of which parts went into which cars and all that kind of stuff. It can be narrowed right down. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Tesla. Apropos of nothing. Uh, is recalling 120,000 vehicles over potentially faulty doors that could open in a crash. This is seen to be caused by a previous over-the-air update to fix something else, uh, which then maybe broke the magic electric door latching and unlatching mechanism, uh, which means that th- th- they could actually come open. Uh, this is one of the joys, of course, of having uh, electric door actuation rather than just a ruddy lever which is far less likely to actually you know stop working when there's no electricity and stuff affected vehicles included tesla models s and x manufactured for model years 2021 through 2023 tesla said it was not aware of any injuries as a result of the issue as of december uh, the 14th tesla will be releasing an over-the-air update free of charge and owner notification I should ready hope so. Owner notifications are expected to be sent out February the 17th, 2024. Really don't crash your Model X or S in the US, please. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw someone who was making a very good effort to try to crash into things in a Model S the other day, and one of the new ones as well. Ah, the joys of putting so much software and letting it control your car so much. In a post last week on X, formerly known as Twitter, Tesla issued a statement accusing some news outlets of misconstruing the nature of our safety systems, adding that incontrovertible data shows Tesla's features are saving lives and presenting industry. That's a flat-out lie. There is no information saying what that data was or whether or not it was released to anyone. Well, I'm now going to continue with the theme of recalls and take us to Japan. Honda is recalling 1.13 million vehicles globally. Well, it says globally, but... Uh, looking through the article, the Japan Times, it's linked in the show notes. It appears to be mainly Japan and the US. And now it's to do with Denso uh, fuel pumps that were fitted to, uh, uh, crikey, 25 Honda models. And they were made between June 2017 and September 2020. Now, there have been defects reported, but there have been no accidents involving the problem, which apparently could cause the, the fuel pump to stop working and cause engine failure while the vehicle is moving. Mm-hmm. It's a resin part. 
it's worth mentioning that defects in denser fuel pumps have led to recalls by Toyota, Honda, uh, Daihatsu, Suzuki, Mazda, and Subaru. So this isn't just limited to Honda. A denser official has apologized for a product made by the company leading to the recall. I love the next line. The company will take the issue seriously and respond promptly to the recall. <laughs> I think that that is just kind of boilerplate. <laughs> no kidding. I think when all your Japanese customers go, we've had to spend a lot of money, <laughs> you will be taking that very seriously. <laughs> and you've already made the, the official apology for taking responsibility for the, the, the action. Yes. Which is still quite a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's becoming ever rarer. Yes, more than most will do. Anyway, that takes us hopping, skipping and jumping into Guilt Minute, the quick break in the show where we ask for a ton of financial support to keep the lights on the hosting running. If you feel the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise in our spring store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash and we do completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all that, some of you do, so thank you very much. Then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Thank you, everyone that does. Very, very much appreciate it. New car news. Yes. Let's start at the start. Xiaomi has unveiled a sports saloon which will have up to 670 horsepower in a 764-mile range. It's described by Autocar here as a Porsche Taycan rival. <laughs> uh, rival, of course, being a synonym for clone. The similarity, particularly in profile, is quite striking. Remarkable. The biggest differentiator is that they have taken the headlamps from a McLaren and fitted them to a Taycan. I mean, that's basically how you get to this. And then you take the rear lights from a Lincoln and put them on the back as well. It is a series of very familiar-looking uh, design cues. Yes. It's not unattractive. It is, it no, is quite nice. It's fine. Some of the tech is impressive, if, it's, if it happens. It is, but they, they, they do have a, a track record of delivering stuff. Phones, yes. Activity trackers. <laughs> yeah, they debuted this saloon 1,003 days after they initially said, they announced their plans to enter uh, electric car ranks, and they have invested £1.1 billion, planning on another £7.8 billion over the next 10 years. It is one amongst a range of new models that will be coming out. It'll support 400 and 800 volt architectures, single and dual motor drivetrains. There's things that they talk about further down in the Autocar article that, again, is linked in the show notes as ever that after a five-minute charge, as long as you're on a charger that can do the maximum amount and the environmental conditions allow it to charge at the maximum permitted amount. And the moon is in the appropriate phase and it's a high tide. and yeah, yeah, yeah. All those good things, all those good things while we're at this uh, still early stage of this technology, that it'll gain 137 miles of range from a five-minute charge and 317 miles on a 15-minute charge. Now, if we get to that... That really is almost plug and play, right? I'll mm. get a coffee. By the time I come back, I am home. 
in terms of range anxiety. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That kind of stuff is all very impressive. But again, it sounds great. Uh, I'm sure it is when in those perfect circumstances. How easily you, we can find those is a, is a different matter. Let's just see when it comes out. I think it's meant to be launched. When was it? 2025. 2025. So a lot can happen between now and 2025. It might look incredibly dated by then. Uh, it might They might have completely revised it by then. Who knows? But that's what's been announced uh, right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the only one. Uh, by the way, remember, it is uh, CES week, so the Consumer Electronics Show is God. taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada. And as a result, uh, there's been quite a lot of sifting to find things. Well, there's a nod to that later on. But lots of things have been being announced in the lead-up to CES. And one of those announcements comes from Neo, Andrew. Yes, talking of, we'll wait and see whether it happens. But Neo has unveiled the ET9, which it wishes to rival the Mercedes Maybach brand. Um, they also talk when they announce this about the Audi A8, the BMW 7 Series, the S Class. This is going to be their largest vehicle, but they also state that it is going to uh, set the benchmark for efficiency, luxury, space, and safety, apparently. Mm, it's only going to, well, again, coming out in 2025, but the start of 2025, local market to that is China, the prices will start at 88800 which seems remarkably reasonable considering you're claiming this is up against a Maybach. Remember, that might be before taxes, etc. Yeah. They're talking also about how they envisage this as a land jet. If we remember, I think it was Audi that talked about land jets back in the day. It's going to have a, a usual tech and all that, you know, some, as it's Chinese, there's going to be screens everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Of, it's technology focused. Um, this is how the car ma- makers are standing out in that market. Is they've got more impressive technology in the cars than their opposition. There's a little personal helper in there as well to oh, acutely goody. help you d- answer things. Yep. <laughs> they are talking about a newly developed uh, 900 volt electric architecture with proprietary 1200 volt silicon carbide power module. Okay. Again. If this happens and is what comes into place, this is impressive because they think they can get 150 mile, 59 mile top up in five minutes. Again, your conditions may <laughs> may differ. <laughs> but if you can do that in five minutes, then that doesn't really mean there's a lot of benefit to the swap stations, does it? Because this is compatible with the next generation of swap station. Yeah. Which takes maybe 10 minutes, but admittedly will get you a fully charged battery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, lots of stuff there. It has new chassis with operators fully by wire. It's it's basically a jacked up Saloni Coupe thing. I think it's very large. I think it's probably larger than the photos give away, given it's got 23-inch wheels and they look slightly dwarfed. So it's, it's 5.3 meters long, width quite large. over 2 meters. It's yeah, going to be 1.6 meters high. I don't really fancy trying to park that too much. No. Although I'm sure it will have cameras all around and will probably be able to park itself better than I can park. To be honest, I struggle to get very excited about all this tech and the range is claimed because at the minute it's just claimed. I'm 
and we're down the line. I want I want to see some of this on the road, and then I can start to be excited because I can see it happening. Exactly, and this isn't meant to arrive until twenty twenty five. So we are talking about something that's really very far out mm. as far as being sold in Europe. There's a little bit of yeah, I could go through all the specs of how quick it is and how many kilowatts and all that stuff, and it's and the thirty two core automotive grade processor. It's been very slow news week, and so we're trying to pass some of these things. And let's not forget Neo. Yeah, Neo are under pressure as well, aren't they? In terms of whether people believe they'll exist or not by twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a debate about that. Yeah. Not new car news. Toyota has taken the GR Supra off sale in the UK, not saying when it's going to come back. They say that this is because they've reached the maximum allocation of orders for the year. This sometimes happens. I've seen this happen with, with, with Toyota before when vehicles are, basically there are no more vehicles <laughs> um, <laughs> because they've stopped building that particular model uh, or, or or anything. Things are only really available from stock. So this happened with the Land Cruiser uh, over the last few months. You couldn't look at the details of that or you couldn't configure one by a Toyota website because it was about to be replaced by the new one. Uh, and so they stopped building one in order to build the other. The reason Supra might be doing that is because it looks like there's been a high-performance variant has been spotted testing at the Nürburgring. Now, this happens quite a lot with Toyotas because quite often their test drivers just like to tweak and play with things on cars at the ring. Just because something has extra tail spoilers and all sorts of things doesn't necessarily mean it is going to come to fruition and become a real thing. But there are mutterings that there might be a GRMN version of the Supra and they might be holding back. Uh, for that, and they might be phasing out the other models. I don't know if that's completely plausible, but I think that given the uh, given the various new regulations, it may well be a case of just holding back on on some of the more powerful internal combustion vehicles uh, and only dribbling out a certain number of them every year. Mm-hmm. Yep, keeping them on sale, but also keeping the politicians and the regulators happy. Mm-hmm. GR Yaris, by the way, only available from stock as well at the moment. Not a huge surprise. It was never meant to sell in the volumes it sold in. It was never intended to. And they Toto always said, we'll build it as long as there's some kind of demand for it. And again, with absolutely no hybrid uh, or anything like that, it's one of those ones that would be quietly sidelined. Yeah. Um, at least for a little while until there's some form of revision. Super is lovely. It's like driving a race helmet. Fucking awesome, though. <laughs> Andrew, some very much electronic news. Next generation of Apple CarPlay. Apple CarPlay has been revealed inside Aston Martin and Porsche cars. We talked about this back in 2022 after the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference, where they showed off their uh, updated and much more integrated Apple CarPlay, whereas previously, or as is, it is existing, it is a mirroring system where it takes your phone information and portrays it in a manner that can be easily used on touchscreens of cars. This now is all about getting into the guts of the car and understanding things that the car is doing and also allowing you to adjust aspects of the car via the Apple CarPlay interface itself. We said at the time, this was absolutely nuts for any car manufacturer to do. And I stand by that. I really think it. (laughs) One of us said it much louder than the other. Possibly. Yeah. Because even here, you're going to say it's been shown in Porsche and Aston Martin. We had a bit of a debate about this before we even started recording. 
this week because somebody was saying, but that's appalling. Look at that. What makes that look like an Aston Martin? And I was like, well, not a lot, to be honest. And I don't know if the pictures here really don't help the case because there is a picture of an Aston Martin dashboard with what looks like a CarPlay screen and some dials photoshopped on. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, they, and they do. They look... Honestly, they look much more like the the very nice dials that Hyundai gives you as standard in their their <laughs> models than anything that's Aston Martin, and that's an absolutely valid point. But I don't. I think this is just a oh look, here's an Aston Martin dashboard with some CarPlay style screen things. Because, and I don't think that that's necessarily a reflection of reality. Certainly not in as far as the instrument binnacle. And then the other shots that are shown on this Top Gear article are generic car dashboard that is entire slab of glass and screen thing rather than being specific to either Aston or to Porsche. I, I think that the pictures here are doing <clears throat> I think they're doing the manufacturers and Apple a disservice. It's one of these times when the press pictures suck more than the reality. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. I, I think there's a high likelihood of that. Although maybe you'll want to turn on your heated seats via CarPlay, which is, I don't want that. I don't want Apple further integrated, like I don't want Google further integrated into a car's mechanics because I do not trust them to know how to do safety critical software. And they've, they've shown they can't do it in just in the consumer products. Yeah. 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 I mean, I did, yeah, yeah. yes. I, I've just, uh, you're speaking to someone who's just, of course, added a bonus extra computer to, to the glove box of, of his car so that he can get <laughs> CarPlay in his car. So I, I have a certain amount of skin in the game. I have no problem with CarPlay as it is now. The mirroring system, this and Android Auto, I have no problem. It's when it becomes Android Automotive and CarPlay 3.0 or whatever they're going to call this. Mm. That's where I really have a massive problem with it because I, I cannot trust them to not mess this up. Uh, look, how, look how easy it is to me mess something up, as we saw with the Tesla recall in software. Oh, yeah. Fixing one thing, they've made something else happen S that no one, no one intended, no one tried to do, but just happened, because you're not taking it as though it's safety-critical software. Software is hard. Yeah, very hard. I will say that I, you know, I work for a company that makes software. Software is hard. I've been doing it for 30 years still mess up yeah absolutely I'm, I'm not having to go at the car manufacturers because i think it's simple to do i'm having to go at them because they are portraying that it's simple and it isn't well i think that there are lessons have been learned across the industry about that Volkswagen. well yes and then we hear what the announcement was at ces so no yes yes <laughs> <laughs> i did see a great headline on that which is which which was which was here's the latest thing that you don't here's the latest thing that nobody wanted Nobody asked you if you wanted in your car being announced to appear in your car. Well, Ken Tyndall announced it perfectly. He called it the misinfotainment system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is superb, that one, Ken. Well done. Anyway, oh, talking of CES. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is another one. Oh, goodness me. Uh, Hyundai and Kia have signed the agreement with Samsung Electronics to integrate Samsung Smart Things into their cars. That means you'll be able to remotely control your kettle from the comfort of your car. Wizzo. Yes. I mean, that that can link it. There is some stuff here that can be interesting and useful. Things like, as you 
get within a certain distance of home, uh, turn on the heating so the place is nice and warm or the air conditioning so the place is nice and cool by the time you arrive. Okay, that's the one that, that's the only one that I can really see as useful. As a counter to that, it is actually so much more efficient to keep both those systems running full time. It is. At a much lower temperature or lower demand rather than the, oh God, isn't it boiling quick? Slam it on at full. Yes. Full the, the, the difference was when I was away for three or four days at a time. But yes, I, I, I am in agreement with you. It's going to link into Samsung Smart Things connected service. Like doorbells. You don't yeah, have to ring someone's washer doorbell. washer dryers, appear- fridge, the blinds, the th- as Alan said, the thermostat, lights, locks. Oh my God, I am not oh, putting no. a connected lock. Uh, no. And cameras. Well, does that mean that that one worried me a little bit from, oh, does the person's face pop up on a screen so I then talk to them? I hope not. I hope they've thought that bit through. I am presuming they have here, by the way. I am not presuming that the entire car industry is full of idiots doing daft things. I think, think there are sensible people trying to do good things. <laughs> he just hides it really, really well. Naturally, all of this function will be supported by over-the-air updates. Existing vehicles have USB-based updates where required, according to Cat Dow in this Top Gear article. There we go. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why we try not to cover too many CES-based things because it just becomes a mess of privacy concerns. Yes, we're going to have to carefully go through for next week's Watch us pick stuff out very carefully for the next couple of weeks. Because it could just be me swearing for 45 minutes, (laughs) which will bore everyone, including me. (laughs) There is probably a market for that, but at the same time, I'm not sure I can stand being on the other end of it. No, I know. Not first thing in the morning. No. Uh, so should we move on to should we move on to to this week's points of interest? And we start with a a lunchtime watch that will take up your entire lunchtime, if not two lunch times. Yes, this is from Autocar and the My Week in Cars crew. That is uh, Matt Pryor and Steve Cropley. They interview Richard Hammond, and this time Autocar have decided to put that out as a video as well as a uh, audio podcast. So I'm linking to the video. I'm doing it because you get to hear a conversation with Richard Hammond, which is always interesting. They talk about his past, his present, and what he thinks is going to happen in the future, not only for his own company, but also for the car industry as well. And this is done in such a non-sensationalist, non-crazy, lunatic way. It is sensibly being discussed and talk through and there's no hyperbole and it's just i just found it such a refreshing conversation and the sort of conversations i really really hope we start having about the car industry and mobility and things like that because we have to stop this screaming at each other from either side of a debate (laughs) inverted commas uh, or whatever across this point as alan mentioned earlier you you can only you can only be one side or the or t'other you're not allowed to be somewhere in the in the middle but the most the majority of us are somewhere in the middle trying to get through the day and this is the sort of tone i hope happens going forward but it's really enjoyable uh, and it's it's fascinating to to hear the questions and how richard answers them uh, because it's I mean, it echoes a lot of stuff we said as well, which is probably why I found it quite so enjoyable. As <laughs> good to know we're not alone <laughs> in thinking these things. I haven't got as far as watching it. I really, I really should. Shame on you. 
I know, shame I know, of all shames. I'm, I'm going to add it to my. Oh, how do I do it from here? I was going to say I'm going to add it to my watch list. I will not. I will go off and I will look for it later on this evening. Anyway, do you want to take us to the uh, list of the week then? List of the week's a cracker. It's from Jalopnik, uh, which seems to have regained some of its mojo, which is great. It's still owned by the egregious Geo Media, so you can still really only read it if you've got ad blockers turned on. We can all blame Hulk Hogan for that one, uh, once again. But they've hired back a whole load of, of people, or they've, they've hired a whole load of people who are very respected across the US car journalism industry, one of whom is Dan Golson. This list is all about, uh, if you love fonts and graphic design, go to a classic car show. And there's like 20 slides in there. And it's just, it's a lot of close-up pictures of car badges, um, which is exactly the kind of thing our, our listeners love. Yeah, trying to say our listeners, it's us. We love them as well. We love it too. <laughs> we're trying to pretend that we're not we're not incredibly nerdy and our listeners are as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, no, no. I, I, come on. If people say, what made you start Motoring Podcast? It's like, because we tried... We tried to make it something that we that we wanted to listen to and felt was missing in the uh, from, from the list. So so yeah, it's when I say our listeners are really nerdy, I really mean I am really nerdy. <laughs> I, I'm not making any bones about that. Uh, there's just some crackers in here. There's like eighteen uh, eighteen different eighteen different pictures, fewer vehicles. It, it's very hard to choose a to choose a favorite here. To be perfectly honest. Um, but Andrew, do you have one? I've gone for the Maserati Quattroporte, the first gen, because they they spread it out. It's almost like a split in the Quattroporte. Yeah, it's just delightful, and and the, the the font itself is just gorgeous. So something else came up recently, and the the font was the whole logo was oh, it was Techmoan this week, and his something phone, the the German thing that he was using, and I just. That the the lettering on it from the nineteen sixties was just fantastic, and I I really loved it for the same kind of reasons as you've just said here. Uh, but there's some crackers in this this list. It's it's absolutely it's really nice. I I, I yeah. just like it. Yeah. Uh, so last but not least, Andrew, that brings us to the end. Finally, yes, we're going to link you to a Times article that you may or may not be able to get into. Hopefully, you can. Uh, and this is titled "Scientists Sniff Out." Sense of the past. Cool. Try saying that after a few bits. Including the Queen's Rover. There are researchers who are creating what is called a smell encyclopedia to help us understand what the past smelt like or particular bits of the past smelt like. And one of the things they used was the Queen's Rover. And I, I now have to pass over to. I managed to read this, this article before it got payroll, paywalled. What happened was actually they went to the British Motor Museum and they said, we're looking for the really sort of that classic car smell, the one that we all think of with the sort of leather and all this stuff. And they said, ha ah, we have, yes, the best one we have is the Queen's, the Queen's Rover. And it's a Rover P5. And, and they said, that's, that's the one that you, you should go for. It's quite a strong smell, but it's, it's very much what, what you've asked for. Uh, and so they did, and they, they managed to extract the smell, however you do that, co- collect the appropriate volatile solvents, and then recreate that as a scent. Uh, the trouble was, when they recreated it as a scent, it really wasn't very pleasant. It was a bit too doggy. So they had to dial it back a little bit to make it more palatable, and to make it that 
that scent, that, that desirable scent that, that we all want, that, that people like. Because many car manufacturers now are having to add these scents back in because they're using modern materials, modern glues. It doesn't smell the same. You don't have that same, that same smell, you know, different tanning methods for the, the leathers, that kind of stuff. So they're having to add that back in. And, and that's, and, and this was one of the things that they were working towards as well as creating uh, what is called in an article from the Smithsonian, the Oduropa Smell Explorer. Well, that one's the, that one's the, from the European version, but it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, mm. that, that it, it, encyclopedia of smell histories and, and heritage. So it's going in there and never, you never know, might appear in an air freshener at some point near you. I just thought it was a really good story. I, I hope people are able to get to it and, and that it becomes unpaywalled again. Yes. It's the usual thing that you spot these things and then the, you've got like a three-day window before they get shut down on you. Yes. Who knew trying to earn money from your own content was a, was a viable thing? Yes. Well, quite, yes. I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying it's awfully difficult. No, no, I know. I know. For those I know. of us who do news aggregation stuff. No, we applaud everyone and... Uh, firmly believing everyone who makes content should get rewarded for it if it's good enough. Exactly. We'd be pretty hypocritical if we didn't. No. Parish Notes, uh, last Friday, special edition. Ooh, it's been a while. Yes. Yes, it was me yapping for a while, about almost an hour, about my uh, Lexus GX460. Well, not well, so occasionally. much about that. Occasionally. <laughs> In between observations of the dif- differences between uh, the UK and the US, the social commentary that went on for 45 minutes of a 50 minute <laughs> 50 minute <laughs> that's basically what happened no it's actually it is an excellent listen uh, when I edited it after because it had been a, a while f- between it had five months mate it had been a long time yes and and it coming out then it was I found it a really enjoyable a really enjoyable listen because uh, I, I then remembered some of the things you were talking about and then I just find it fascinating to, particularly when you go through these differences, you explain some of the differences. Not the fuel price, but, you know, other things. <laughs> other things that won't get me lynched. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's lots of bits and That's pieces. why you're actually staying over there till 2025, hoping people forget. <laughs> no such luck. No, it's because I want to go further and see more of the country. It's, that's the reason. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, that's us for the week. Don't forget, everyone, that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page at motoringpodcast.com, hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, in the meantime, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter or Mastodon. If you search for Crap Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to learn more about where you would like to take your Land Cruiser this year, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you personally? It's a Lexus, man. It's, it's better quality. Ah, yes, Lexus. Told you I got one thing right at the start of the show. That yeah, I know. Blew it. Pretty much any of the social medias where I'm at AJP Bradley, that's B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. Less so on Mastodon and definitely not Threads. I don't really like Threads. It's just bleh, bleh, too much junk. Too much junk. If I want that kind of rubbish, I'll stay on Twitter. <laughs> we'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Al Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>